Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, modern lovers. How many of you have wondered why your love life just isn't what you truly want? How many of you have noticed that you do the same thing in every relationship, or you pick people who do the same thing? They're angry or they're depressed, or that person just ends up disappointing you, abandoning you, or worse, just disappearing from your life. You might be suffering from self-sabotage. So tonight's show is for all of us, because we all have love patterns. I certainly have had mine. And this show is called Freedom from Self-Sabotage. And our guest tonight is Dr. Philip Agrios, who's going to talk to us about how to create that freedom from those invisible wounds, as I like to call them, that undermine our best intentions to have love. And whether you refer to it as self-defeating behavior or standing in your own way, self-sabotage can interfere with our best laid plans, the goals we most cherish. Now, the good news is you can overcome the destructive loop of self-sabotage, move beyond your own limits, and get to the next level in your life, especially your love life. Because here at Modern Love, that's what we care about. And we know that the more we transform old patterns, the more that we take those things that used to limit us and turn them into things that launch us, we get where we want to go. In fact, every single month here at our Modern Love Training Center, we have a live full-day intensive modern love training, and we have one coming up if you're listening live or this week. It is going to be on Saturday, June the, hmm, I think that's the 7th, June the 7th. I don't have the date in front of me. It could be the 8th, but it's the first, second Saturday, excuse me, of June, and it's called Seven Secrets to Creating the Love You Want Now. And we're going to be dealing with one of those secrets in this show, which is stopping self-sabotage. Now, in this live training, you get to go through deep, deep processes to the root of the self-sabotage, the root of your own personal love patterns, to get in tune with which part of you needs healing and transformation. Is it your body, your emotions, your mind, your spirit? Is it your belief system? And we transform very, very specifically. And then best of all, you get to repattern and create a new pattern, a new way of seeing yourself as somebody who deserves love and can accept love. So go to Eventbrite right now, take action, sign yourself up, do register, and join us. The early bird special is on through the end of Wednesday evening, so you can come for 50% less. Now, one of the things that's important 
is that we always have our dear Dr. Brenda question. I love your questions. Keep them coming. This question says, how can I set healthy boundaries with my best friend without feeling guilty? I've always been supportive and available because I sympathize with her difficult family dynamics during childhood and adulthood. She tells me about her problems in her family all the time and her ever-changing relationships with men, but rarely allows me or others to share their points of view or personal concerns. Saying no to her is challenging under any circumstances. I now realize that setting healthy boundaries is the only way to sustain the friendship. Why do I feel so guilty, scared to act? Okay, scared. I'm glad you put the word act in your little handle here because action is important. And the key here is to remember this isn't about your friend and whether she's going to be angry. It's about how you feel when you don't set those boundaries. Because I'll bet you feel suffocated. I'll bet you feel resentful. I'll bet you feel angry and that the friendship has begun to feel more like a burden than a friendship. So I recommend that you start by saying, I have something really important I need your help with. I've been feeling that our friendship is out of balance, and I've kept it in too long. So you're putting all of the responsibility on yourself. I have a request. My request is when we're talking, when we're engaging, that we actually use a timer, that you talk for five minutes, then I talk for five minutes, so that I feel that we're making equal use of our time. Now, if your friend resists, you can say, well, I'm going to give you some time to think about how we can make this work. And if you have another suggestion, I'm open as long as we both have equal time. And I believe that's what you want. So you give her the vote of confidence. All right, scared? Take action. Now let me tell you about Dr. Philip Agrios, who's a sought-after personal business advisor and the author of the Amazon number one best-selling book, Life's One Law, Nature's Blueprint for Repeatable Success in Life and in Business. He has over three decades' experience helping patients and clients find relief from self sabotaging traits. Dr. Agrio's own life and health challenges from disabling health conditions which caused him to close his practice to financial ruin compelled him to learn and to teach others what he's discovered on his own. His website is www.dragrios.com. Welcome to the show, Dr. Agrios. Thank you, Dr. Brenda. Pleasure being here. Oh, my goodness. This is such an important topic. Now, I said in the intro that you've been through some challenges that led you to these discoveries. Would you share a little bit with us about your challenges, please? Yes. Um, I've been in practice for over 33 years, and back in the uh, early, about mid-'90s, things started to go uh, awry. (laughs) Um, I had to start to – my marriage wasn't going as well. I had – a disability uh, where I had lost my practice in um, 2000 uh, because I had a, a condition that caused numbness and weakness on both my arms. I was told okay. I would never practice again. My father was um, going through uh, brain cancer, which he had, uh, had to come to. Uh, I was the sole take, uh, caretaker of my ailing mother for seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that put a lot of strain as well. Um, then through the divorce a few years later, um, other things that happened, financial ruin when everything crashed in 2008, mm-hmm. um, went through a lot. And I won't bore, your, <laughs> won't bore you with more. No, it's not boring. I think there are a lot of us who can relate to the challenges yeah, and you've And it was just through. really trying to figure out why this was continually happening to me. Because, you know, back in the 80s, and I'm, I'm uh, aging myself with the cassettes, you know, you had Tony Robbins and Jim Rowe and uh, Zig Ziglar and all these other uh, uh, people who were trying to teach you how to be successful. Right. And I would get to that successful situation, and I would find myself dropping down and never getting past certain things. Or I would get past, mm-hmm. and then i get overwhelmed, and I would go back to where I was. So and you I would actually to... start to launch on a path of success, only to find yourself moving to the top of the hill and then rolling back down the hill again. There are a lot right. of people, listeners, you might want to take some notes here, because what Dr. Agrius is expressing is something that I know is so common that human beings have these patterns of I get close to my goals, I get close to the achievement I want, and then it's the bottom of the hill. So for you, you saw the movement toward the top and then back to the bottom, movement toward the top, back to the bottom. And you started asking what's going on. Correct. Exactly. Kept on asking that question. And during the time, I was starting to look at uh, how the seasons, the four seasons, and how they were um, evolving uh, nature, because nature has gone through its own storms, and it would always come back and bounce back. Mm -hmm. And as time went through this whole situation, I then realized that um, there were actually three different traits that we had within ourselves, and it actually was six seasons that enabled me to look at that. Now, you're talking about the three seasons you discovered in yourself first? No, actually, there are actually six seasons. There are actually six seasons that I discovered. There are two extra ones in the four that we already know. And okay, going so the hold on process, one sec, because I want to get from where you started to awaken. What was it that made you start to look inward and say, there's got to be something going on with me? When I was looking at continual inability to be successful and to be consistently successful. And then when I had looked at this previously, but when I was on disability, it really hit me where I couldn't practice anymore, and I didn't know where my life was going to go anymore. Mm. And it gave me the ability to have the time to really have a lot of reflection and realize that this, what I started to discover a few years prior, or a decade prior, that I really needed to go full force on it. So that loss of my practice, closing my 15-year-old practice, I had a multidiscipline clinic. I had a 3,000-square-foot clinic, and I had to close all that down because I went through a lot of stuff at that moment. And it was the, the self-reflection that got me to really go within and discover what I did. Wow. Sometimes everything outside has to go away so that we will go inside because that's where the answers are. What did you start to discover as you turned inside, and I can only imagine what a dark, depressing, difficult time that was for you. Yeah, I was, I was diagnosed as uh, depressed, which I didn't know I was, and, uh, and a lot of times, as you know, a lot of times it's not really depression, it's sadness, but um, as I went through that whole process, I realized that I took what I discovered as six seasons and realized that it was actually nature's blueprint of how it took care of its own problems and its storms. And when I looked further into the six steps, I found that there were actually three principles 
that actually govern the universe, from the atoms to the galaxies, but how they govern us is through our three basic traits. And one of the traits is our sabotaging trait. You can't get rid of it. It's essential. And it's essential because it brings conflict into our lives in order for us to evolve and grow or dissolve through fear, and it's our choice. Mm. But now, wait a minute. So, wait a minute. Wait, yeah. back up. So, you're saying sure. that self-sabotage is a necessary trait? Yes. Wow, the break reason, that open, because I've never heard that before. Well, think about it. If everything in your life was going great all the time, no matter what you touch, just turned into gold, mm-hmm. you would be telling me right on now. That. How, <laughs> <laughs> you would tell me how bored you were. So take the villain out of the movie. Take the defensive line off the field and only have the offense on the field. How long would you watch that movie and watch that game? Mm-hmm. It is through the adversities that we are challenged in order to find out who we are to get to different levels of our lives, to become different if we choose to be. Mm-hmm. And that's wow. why the self-tabotage is, can be a positive, can be a negative. I look at it as a just is, that this is showing you. And the reason why it's sabotage, I always like to go to the, the origins of words, And back in 1890, Emile uh, Peugeot used sabotage to tell the workers to create inefficiencies and slow down so they could have some bargaining chips against the factory workers for the union laborers. So the sabotaging trait actually does that. It creates inefficiencies in our lives and creates us to slow down to show us the imbalances that are there so that we can focus on them to evolve. Hmm, wow. So what did you discover was the imbalance that you needed to work on in order to evolve past this irregular or kind of uneven success pattern you were working with? So what I discovered the first about myself was one of the three principles, and it's called the director. And um, I call it the director saboteur. And when I discovered this on my living room floor. I looked to my left as my, it was representing my past. And I went, oh my God, all these things have ever happened to me. Some of these I could have avoided if I knew my antidote, because there's an antidote to the sabotaging trait. And the other things I couldn't avoid, but I would have handled it in a much different favorable outcome. Yeah, because there's some things that come into our lives that are challenges that have nothing to do with self-sabotage. You know, uh, you mentioned your mother was ill, you know, you didn't cause that. But what you're saying is with these principles you've evolved, you could have handled it perhaps in a way that took better care of you or something like that. Is that what you mean? Yes, as well as looking at it as a gift. Even though she was going through situations, you know, as I tell people, everything is a gift. You know, we live in a dichotomous world, left, right, up, down, in, out. So, even though in your life you may have things are going awry, let's say it's the autumn, the detachment, everything is going away from you, there is spring, there is connection happening at the exact same time. It depends on where you want to look. So in the northern hemisphere when there's winter, there is summer in the southern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So there's always the other side, and it's up to you whether or not you want to look at it because we have everything within us. Okay, I believe you. Everything is within us. So where do the self-sabotage patterns come from? You're saying that they can serve a positive function, 
But where does that come from in the first place, that we would sabotage our success, that we would sabotage ourselves? I get life hands us challenges, and I do believe that the challenges are gifts if we work with them. But for some people, those challenges can be overwhelming. You know, we have an epidemic of suicide in the United States right now as a result. Divorces in the U.S. as a result. All based on the sabotaging trait that I can I can show. So my belief is we are born with the sabotaging trait. Again, not on the negative end, as in we're undermining ourselves. It is there to bring in adversity so that we can bring out our gifts within us as well as go forward and learn other things so that we can evolve to experience. Okay, so, so you're saying we're born with the sabotaging trait so that we'll screw up our lives and then begin to discover our way out of it? And how do you get out of it? Once you say, oh, gee, okay, I have a sabotaging trait. With the antidote. I discovered the exact opposite to each trait. And when you use the antidote, it's an impossibility to sabotage yourself. So, so this what is what are I the call sabotage the... traits? What are those Okay. Traits? So the three principles of the three sabotage trait is the director saboteur, the supplier saboteur, and the communicator saboteur. And each one of us has that particular part of us that we don't really utilize or that causes that situation. But we also have the other two traits, which are the dominant trait, which is what we go to. There's a dominant trait, there's a mediated trait, and a sabotage trait. Okay, getting complicated here. Back up for a minute. I I apologize for that. Yeah, back up for a minute, because I don't want to lose anybody. Explain what you mean by the director saboteur the communicator saboteur, and whatever that third one was. Supplier. So Supplier. the director saboteur is the, is the person that is scattered, is all over the place, who tries to start one project and doesn't finish, could be 90% done, and then starts another and starts another. It's chaos. They love chaos in their lives to stimulate their brain. It's actually a dopamine and serotonin problem for them. So okay. they start so they, very they create chaos. And that's their form of sabotage, but it's really so they can get the dopamine in their brain because they thrive on chaos. Correct. And okay. these are the people who don't like authority and things. The mm-hmm. supplier, and there's much more. So there's a supplier saboteur, it's the person who overly gives, the person that devalues themselves, where they're more focused on everybody else. Than okay, what we might are. call a codependent person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they're no, not looking. They're looking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they're looking to supply other people. But then, after they get hurt a while, they can go to the other extreme, and now they're the, the narcissist, where they're protecting themselves, where now they're not go giving too much, but then they feel guilty, and then they overly give. So they go back to this back and forth process. So that's the supplying, supplying ourselves with love or energy or whatever we want to do. The last one is the communicator saboteur. The person doesn't talk as well, doesn't really communicate. They're kind of quiet. They kind of listen. They kind of analyze a lot of things and compartmentalize things, but they don't express themselves well. Mm. And by that, that sounds so like most of the engineers I work with from Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it all depends on the, de- de- the degree. So you and I can have the exact same personality sequence, but we may look like we do things differently, but we're really doing the same thing. Depending so what on is the answer for somebody who is a communication saboteur who's not communicating adequately? So basically, and this is what they'll do, is they, uh, they actually I've created a short quiz that they can find out their sabotaging trait and antidote 
for free on the website. Now, what happens is with the communicator saboteur, what they need to do is to start expressing more. They need to start slowly opening up and telling people what they need to do. I just had a client who started doing this, and it's been 10 years she didn't have a raise. And as she started becoming more expressive and talkative, people then realized that she was intelligent, that she could do the thing, and she got a promotion. This, this supplier, saboteur, is the person now, that devalues. Now, hold on, back up. Now, how did you get her to begin opening up in a way that she went from communicating herself by not communicating to doing it in an effective way? Because and I allowed her to people say... people who are my engineers, you know who you are, write down these steps. So... Basically, it's an innate thing that I find. When people realize, and I say this, and I've, I've had where people with a with wife will look at the guy and say, I've been telling you this year, your therapist has been telling you, your coach has been telling you this for 10 years. He goes, yeah, but he said it in such a way it just clicked on me. Mm-hmm. And by using the antidote that I found, when she opened up and started to slowly communicate, she realized that her fear was not, she didn't want to be feel stupid. She didn't want to feel embarrassed, but she realized when she did a little bit of it, it didn't really cause her any pain. So what you're saying is there's a reason behind the sabotage. This person is really protecting themselves. Because there's only two ways. You protect or grow. That's all we do. You either protect or you grow. I like that. Everybody take that to the bank. You're either protecting yourself or you're growing. And, and think you know, about I it. look at I this because we only have a few minutes left. Uh, I want to look at this through the lens of relationships because this is where we see so many people sabotage the love they truly want. And what is it that makes people go into a relationship and act out these patterns where they're so afraid to grow or look at themselves or get past their own sense of shame or not feeling deserving that they would destroy a relationship? Well, one of the things is that what I find consistently is that their partner is majority of times the opposite to themselves. So if you have a communicator who is dominant communicator who is overly talking and you have the sabotage trait uh, person who is not communicating well, they're allowing that person to communicate for them instead of teaching them how to communicate and vice versa. So you can have someone who is disorganized who now – Gets a hold of, uh, who marries somebody now, where would who somebody who's organized. very angry fit into those three sabotage profiles? All three can create anger because anger is just a secondary emotion. It's an expression of what's going on. So if a person is feeling devalued, they'll get angry. If a person's all scattered, they're going to feel like um, they're going to be angry. If a person is trying to communicate and they feel stupid, they're going to get angry. So depending on who that person is, they will then express themselves in that particular emotion. Now, I have found working with God knows how many couples uh, over my career and currently in our modern love training and we have mastermind programs full of people who are in couples where I see the sabotage. And very often I have a sense that unhealed childhood wounds bringing a deep, deep, deep feeling of shame come into the picture. How do you fit that into your model? It, again, when you're born, in my opinion, when, and I've seen this with people as well. Again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I help people to understand why they're sabotaging themselves. 
And what happens is, is that because of those situations, it reinforces the sabotage until something gets them to a point of having to change and shift. And by doing that, that pain is, I looked at it, I tell people, it's a gift. You can look at it as a gift. You can look at it as a detriment. Okay, so what you're saying is that underneath it all, whatever it is that needs healing, we will act it out in a way that sabotages us until we stop and say, hey, I need to do something about this. And, And very quickly, because we have about one minute, What's your best advice on what people should do if they're sabotaging their love lives? You need to know why. And once you understand your sabotaging trait and you understand your antidote, you will understand why that person now sabotages themselves. With marriages or any partnership, by you knowing why that person and knowing their sabotaging trait and antidote, you can support them in the way they need to be supported, which is really how you're not really supporting them in that way. But you okay, everybody, I want to just tell you, I'm sorry we have to leave it there, Dr. Agarius. We could talk a lot longer, very interesting content. Everyone, one of the things that you must do is go to Dr. Agarius' website and take that quiz because you need to know if you're sabotaging yourself. So that website again is Dr. That's D-R. Agrios, A-G-R-I-O-S dot com. And it's time for you to have the love that you truly desire. Dr. Agrios, thank you for being with us. So much more to talk about. We'll have to have you back. And everyone, go to Eventbrite right now. Register yourself for Seven Secrets to Creating the Love You Truly Want Now. And yes, we're going to be dealing with how and why you've been sabotaging your love life. And I'm going to circle back to Dr. Agrios because he just might be Skyping in as our guest on Saturday. What do you think, Dr. Agrios? All right, thanks. And big thank you to Cliff Dunning, our associate producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our senior executive producer, and to all of you modern lovers, blessings.